I'm such like a advocate of the power of one. Do one. I will, I love like what Coco Chanel said about before you leave the house, take off two accessories. Do that with your business. I try and just listen to my body and see where. If I'm feeling the creative vibes, run with it. When I first started, I wasn't talking about my health at all. Like I just, I didn't want to because I was scared I wouldn't be taken seriously. In fact, my health got so bad at one point, I was like, it's going to be very difficult for me to hide it. Jess Brunel is here talking all things content, online visibility, and how implementing boundaries is the key. Jess Brunel is a content strategist, coach, and founder of The Content Club, helping you to make your content shit hot and profitable. We get into the humanness of being a business owner, navigating energy levels, mental health, and chronic illness, as well as content blocks and our feels around growing and connecting online and offline. Get ready to embrace your inner content creator and protect your energy. So my name is Jess Bruno. I am a content marketing strategist and coach. I work with small businesses who want to learn how to monetize a smaller audience and I help them. I help them do that with content. I'm going to start with a big question. What's your story? What's your story for you, your brand? Well, my business was born out of my health and my illness. So in 2019, I got so ill. I've been ill since I was 18 and I'm 31 now. In 2019, I got so sick that I just couldn't work in employment anymore. I'd been working in marketing and events for years and years and years. And it just got to a point where I couldn't stand calling in sick anymore. And I was not happy and I'm a workaholic and I wasn't able to like perform to my the best of my abilities and it just wasn't great so I quit and I got an interim job at like a pub and then COVID hit and so I moved home with my mom and my grandma because of my background all of my friends had started businesses like they started a resin business they started a coaching business and I'd get inundated with texts all the time being like can you check my instagram caption what should my bio be what do you think about hashtags and what like it was so much one day i was like fuck it i'm gonna just stop posting on my instagram because everyone's asking me it'd be easier for me to just make a carousel telling people how to do it themselves from there i realized oh my god people actually do this like there's such a thing as an online marketing coach this isn't i'm i've just not made this out of my brain this is a thing I think I guess that's the backstory. My mum was the one who convinced me to start charging for it. She was like, I reckon people make a living from this. I was like, nah, <laughs> what do you mean? The last three years, I think it's been it's 2023 now, so four years, I've been freezing my way through learning how to run a business with a chronic illness, helping small business owners with their content. What I love about your business and online presence especially is that you blend openness in your business with the topics that you've mentioned there, such as mental health and chronic illness. How do you navigate boundaries around sharing these topics? When I first started, I wasn't talking about my health at all. Like I just, I didn't want to because I was scared I wouldn't be taken seriously. In fact, my health got so bad at one point, I was like, it's going to be very difficult for me to hide it. 
the nature of how I show up online. I talk on stories lows. I'm very like in the moment on my stories and I was just like getting sicker and sicker. And even in client Zooms, I'd be running to the toilet because of the nature of my illness. Got to a point where I was like, I can't hide it anymore. It's getting exhausting not talking about it. And I put on my Instagram story a poll where I said, if I started speaking about my health journey, would you still take me seriously as like a marketer? Yes or no? I got like a 50-50 split. And I got a lot of people who was like, no, I wouldn't take you seriously. And I was like, damn, okay. And this was like when I... This was, I think, a year in. I didn't. I had about thousand, one thousand five hundred followers or something, and this was one of my most viewed, most voted on polls at that time. So I thought, oh god, people must have a strong opinion on this. And I had to think, oh, maybe I shouldn't. I shouldn't talk about it because I'm going to lose clients. But, but again, it was just, it was just way too exhausting for me not to talk about it. I just said, fuck it, I'm going to tell people about it. And I've documented so much of my journey and my life has been, I've gone through some really, really big things since starting my business. Like I feel like I've had 20 years in the span of (laughs) the last four and talking about it has only ever helped me grow. It definitely does take some people away. Like every time I post about my stoma bag, people that don't know, I have a ileostomy, which means I don't have my large colon. I don't poo out my bum. I poo into a bag taped on my stomach. (laughs) Every time I post about that, I will lose 10 to 15 followers. Mm. Every time I send an email about it, I will lose some subscribers. And I'm not, you know, talking about it loads. But then on the flip side of that, when I was having the surgery, my story views were thousands of people like hanging out and talking to me and I've 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 worked with so many amazing clients who run businesses but also happen to have chronic illnesses because we've connected over that and I understand them a lot of my business is built on the fact that I create these sustainable schedules due to the nature of my life and my health I can't be always on this method has really helped small business owners too it's not easy showing up and talking about this stuff but it's much harder not to because it's like an integral part of me as a human that is so baffling to me and it's really lovely how through that bs you've been able to really cultivate a community who you would like to work with like i'm sure you would like to work with people who are understanding and empathetic and all of that type of thing Allowing space for such conversations. Listener, if you also struggle with a chronic illness or chronic fatigue or mental health or just like the day-to-day energy ebbs and flows, knowing that you can really have your way of how you act and do and do your day-to-day as a business owner is so relieving. Did you feel like like almost like a sigh of relief and did you feel liberated from being able to be more open about those type of things it's way more fun it's just more fun I don't know if it's liberating but it like I enjoy when I go to the hospital bringing my phone along and like showing people the funny things around there and it's nice even having it on my memories pop up or like from my my story archives been like did this time a year ago you were doing this and I'm like oh it is lovely. It is It is fun. But there is always going to be that voice in the back of my head that says, this is all, this is all you, who you are and you shouldn't talk about that because it's so taboo. And there is a fine line because I still want to be like, I don't want to be known as the girl with a chronic illness. On the flip side of that, 
why don't I want to be known as that girl who's absolutely incredible, who can get throughout anything and live life like this? Like, it's huge. It's never once got in the way of me being a badass marketer. It's never once made me not make more money for my clients. This year alone, like, so many of my clients have just smashed it, smashed it in terms of making all their money and getting their engagement up and da, da 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 And I have continually spoken about my health, the pills that I take and the bag that I wear. And so I have to remind myself of that too. How have you been able to really discover what works for you in that light for your boundaries so that it doesn't come, the openness and sharing doesn't come as a detriment to your mental and physical health? It's not a content pillar. Hmm. I talk about it when I want to. And I think that's that's something that I put as a boundary, like mental health, physical health. My chronic illness is not part of my content regime. It comes up when it comes up. That's how I do it. More of a spontaneous, if this feels right, then yeah. I'm happy to share. I think knowing what you are happy to share online and through your brand and business is... Maybe something that does take a while to figure out and it may shift and evolve. But when you know that, that's really helpful. And especially when you are creating and posting your own content. For an example, when I first started my business page, I loved what, well, still do, but I was really into YouTubers and influencers and seeing like they share a lot of their day-to-day. I'm sure they have their own boundaries, but I was almost stuck in that this YouTuber or influencer sharing this, maybe I should. And then I felt a lot of pressure to overshare maybe. Whereas now I feel very comfortable in sharing what I'm happy to talk about and happy for others to know and to explore. But, and it's a big but, I will not talk about anything if I'm not in the right mind headspace and if it's not going to protect my energy. Also, if it doesn't serve me and my business as well. Today, what or who inspires you? Is there anything that you could really um, say, oh, that's helped shape me to the business owner I am today? I don't even know where to start. There have definitely been... I have invested a lot of money. I have invested, I think, 20K. And not saying everyone has to do this. My mum died when I turned 30. I'm 31 now. And I got a, I don't know what it's called when people die and you get money, but I got a bit of money from that. (laughs) Not a lot, not a lot, but I got a bit of money from that. And um, I took it and I put it into business coaching and that, change the trajectory of my career I've been in business coaching since the second year of my I started but I am um, started in a group course and I learned that I don't do I don't play well with others when it comes to my learning style I'm a needy greedy baby so I need one-to-one and so I, I started working with my business coach her name's May James she's absolutely incredible she's also a chronic illness girly um, she's, we've got a podcast together on my podcast, actually. That's you want to have a listen to it. There's loads of tips in there if you also have a business running a chronic illness. Oh, sorry, have a chronic illness and run a business. So dyslexia as well. But yeah, investing in one-to-one coaching with her really has changed to a point where my accountant is like, Jess, like what changed? <laughs> like, wow. May James, she's really helped me. 
So that's the person who inspires me the most, her. And then outside of that, I think, so I run a membership called The Content Club and everyone inside there who are also like so not afraid to show up, come to the sessions and just share their experiences of running a small business, like warts and all, lows, highs, really, really inspiring. How have you found growing a membership? I launched Creative Babes Clubs back at the start of 2023 and my club members are entering a new era in 2024. We're really honing the format and it's been a real interesting journey. As you well know, because you came into the club and yeah. to host a workshop, which was really cool. But yeah, how have you found growing a membership? Has it taught you anything? Yeah, it won't be perfect. It will never be perfect, but no one expects perfection. There is a lot of tech involved in running a membership. There is automations and there's emails and it's all about comms and copywriting and being really clear. And if you don't have all your systems systems in place, no one will show up to your event <laughs> because you haven't told, told them enough about it. It's also taught me that people need... Like I'm a marketer and I know this, but really has honed in the fact that you need to give people a lot of information if you want them to show up to a thing that they're paying for. I've learned personally. So when I first started my membership, we did a big launch. We got 30 people inside. We've still got some of those OG members with us today. I think mine started in 2022 or 21. And then I just kept the doors open. And I try to constantly promote it. And that's what got exhausting. What I also have learned about my my, per, my membership, this is not the same for everyone, but mine is it sells best when I have a doors open and doors close policy. And when I'm in periods of launch and I'm in a launch right now, quite a quiet launch for me because it's Christmas and I'm not pushing it as hard as I would because it's the end of the year and I, I'm exhausted. <laughs> but I'm still getting members in even though I'm like not going is hard on this launch because of the process of having this campaign that I kind of rinse and repeat every time I open. So I think I'd recommend having a doors open, doors close policy if you have a small following like I do. What else do I learn? You don't need to be always present. As the membership grows in numbers, there's a lot of people to look after. You have more people relying on you, more people asking you questions, more people emailing you, messaging you. And you have to put some distance between yourself, the tech, and them. Because, it, you know, it's heavy, heavy to look after so many people at one time. But delegating really helped me. I've got someone that helps me now because the membership grew to a point where I could hire. I just try and email the, my membership platform as much as possible when I have an issue rather than just trying to think about it myself. That's really cool. I loved how you said about no one expects perfect and having that in your mindset again with sharing and being open if we can really come to anything we do with a real human approach knowing that we're human knowing that the people we're interacting with are human it closes the gap a bit and it allows for mistakes it allows for transparency because i don't think you can be transparent without being more open about the things that maybe didn't go to plan or being honest when you're rescheduling you know all those different things that do come up a lot in business day to day i think mm -hmm. the more we can really embrace that humanness it also like puts pressure off you it allows you to really be present in what you're doing for sure 
mistakes are bound to happen I used to have I, I want to bring it back now I had like a line a disclaimer about how dyslexic I am and tech isn't my forte I've also learned no news is good news that you'll have some members that are really quiet and they're lurking in the background and you'll beat yourself up about it oh what we're doing wrong da, da, da. they're fine they're fine they're literally they're happy as Larry don't worry about them they're doing great if unless they tell you otherwise I'm quite a lurker with things that I've joined and um, if I watch content, I try to engage for Creative Babes Club's purposes, but going back to like in my private life, like watching YouTube or listening to podcasts, I'm not very interactive in that way because when I'm doing those content consuming things, if you like, that's my downtime. I'm such an introvert. I really resonate as well with how you're saying put some distance between the tech, the devices you use, the people you're connecting with through them and yourself. Mm -hmm. Are you an introvert? Yeah, I am. I am an introvert. Like I get nervous in social situations with a lot of people and new people, especially like a lot of time, like if we go to a restaurant, my boyfriend will always have to order. I'm shy. I'm a really, really shy person. I am. Online, I've got this big confident personality because I can put the hat on and I can sing the dance. I can sing the dance. I can sing and do the dance. But I am quite introverted. And I find that uh, if I join a group or a community, I'll go in, I'll say my hellos. But I much rather, I much prefer doing things on a one-to-one basis. So like maybe I'll find some people in that community and I'll DM them. But I'm usually the quiet one in the group unless I'm leading the conversation which is I guess why I'm quite good at running the content club because I I love I'm a great group coach but reverse I'm not good in a group situation that's interesting a question that popped up in my head while you were talking there is are you a host do you look at yourself as a hostess bringing people together I am the hostess with the mostest previous jobs I was always called like the plug if anyone needed anyone I'd be the one to like connect people people would always come to me and compliment me on my little black book I love that. I love hosting as well. This isn't business related, but maybe it does resonate with how I am in business. I love hosting. I've always been the friend in the friendship group who's thrown parties or organized things at my place. It's very like my place is the hub, basically. And then I was thinking not that long ago, do I actually enjoy it? Like if I'm with my close friends, absolutely yes. But do I enjoy a party? I don't think I do, but do I enjoy hosting a party? Yes, which is a weird contradiction. And I think I'm a bit like that. I suppose that's with my introvertness as well. So it's like Creative Base Club, I'm the founder and host of the community. I love bringing people together. I love having conversations, but I am so introverted behind the scenes as well. What would you like more of in your business? I don't know. Part of me said conversation, but I don't think I've got the bandwidth to host any more conversations. I've been doing a lot. Do you know what? I hosted my first in real life event with a group called I Like Networking. We did it a couple of weeks ago and it was wicked. Absolutely wicked. So I think more in person. That's what I'd love to do next year. Mm-hmm. More in person, getting people together. I love the, I love the virtual side of it because that's how I built my business on. But there is magic that happens when you're with people in real life and the connections you walk away and watching everyone make those connections when I had the event was huge so yeah that's what I'd bring more of. I had a very similar experience with that later because 
again, I've brought my business online, really off online connection. And then I have had a hiatus from in-person events for a good year, probably off the top of my head. Um, and then I had my first in-person event um, collaborating with Spark in York, where I used to do my pop-up days. And again, I, I had a similar experience of talking to people. You, you can feel emotion so much deeper and being in a room full of people who were so on my wavelength, like we kept, I was talking to every creative there. We kept talking about the same topics and they kept cropping up and it's like we're all going through the same thing at different times, different points, different like variety, but essentially we're all trying to figure it out at the same time. And I don't know if you had this experience as well, but when I'm on Zoom with someone, I always, I always expect everyone to be really tall, especially if I hold them in really high regard. In my mind, you're like 5'7", which is tall to me. <laughs> but I am about. I love that. When I had this event, I was looking around the room. I was like, we're all tiny. Like all these people I was speaking to, like they were all like, I'm five, two and a half. And everyone else was kind of like five, three, five, four, five, two. And I was like, I literally, every time I meet someone, they're usually my height. Then I always think they're so tall. Everyone I speak to on Zoom, I just have this impression that they're so tall. But it's because I hold everyone in such high regard and I really look up to these people. For me, it's like meeting people who you've been talking to online for a really long time. It's the, do I say nice to meet you? You feel like you know these people. Like if I bumped to you in the street, I'd feel like I've known you forever because we oh, have yeah. been chatting for a long time. There's definitely magic in both making the online connections, especially accessibility. Like mm-hmm. I can't be all over the country, obviously all of the time, if ever. So it's great for really making connections, but it is, that's the word, it's magic in being in the same room with people, being present and connecting with how we're feeling, where our energy is, what's going on for us right then and there, more in person next year. Yes. Love that. It's exhausting, but incredible. Do you like need- I slept for like three days. I was going to say, do you need a good time of recovery after? Because I get like hung over. I would, that's exactly what I said. I was so, I don't drink. And I was like, to my partner, I'm so hungover. Magic. I'm so tired. I stayed in bed for three days. Because it's like the adrenaline, isn't it? And that takes over. You may be nervous beforehand and then you're there and you're loving it and you come away and you think, oh, I need to do this every day. And then you get home or it's the next day or whatever. And, you th- and the reality of your, like, for me, it's my sensitive soul. Like, I get overstimulated really easily. And then that comes back to earth and it's like, oh, I need to, like, not talk to anyone for a good <laughs> Literally same. What would you like less of in your business? I've actually been doing a lot of rage deleting. I clutter my computer spaces with notes and stickers and everything like that. And recently I've just been rage deleting like tabs, bookmarks and everything because I really want to start fresh. That's felt really great. Like decluttering the saves on my Instagram, just being like, bye, I'm done. If it's meant to be, it will stay with me. I've just got a panic of thinking about how many saved posts I have. Get rid of it. It's cathartic. Do you do you have an online call very often? Of like people, people, posts, things, ways of being. Do you really have to? Because obviously you're a content strategist and coach. You're very mm. online. You're very present and visible. 
almost the idea of a hygiene and a routine of being online. Is there anything you like to stick by, mm. check, reflect? I've got hard stops. After five, it's a hard stop. And it's very rare that I'll get back to anyone until 10 a.m. the next day. It's difficult for me to... My body has got so used to me stopping work at five that it's impossible for me to give it all my all or just reply to someone because I've got a lot of clients that are messaging me quite important things and I want to be really focused on them. So I often say to people instead of, if you are going to DM me, that's fine. If it's important, please email me because I'll give you like my full attention. DMs are for like little celebrations and if you really need me, email me. I don't use Voxer. I don't use WhatsApp. I'm email only. I don't use Slack. I just can't read it. I can't see it. It feels way too corporate for me. I need to have everything simple and fun. Social media wise, if it's a business post, I will never ever create something and post it on the day because it will take me way too long. It will never be on brand. And I will spend too much of my energy caring about that post better for me mentally to plan everything out properly and have an idea of what I'm going to say, especially when it's business related and then let it go into the ether. I don't have too much an emotional connection to it. If I post something on the day, I'm very connected to it. And it's so it's annoying, but I care way more about it. I, mean, I always break it. Always. I always break that boundary, but I hate that idea. I'm the same with that. So when you were saying about the corporate feels I'm a very laid back person it's still something I'm working through it's taken a lot of accountability to be the business owner I'm becoming I'm not a very spontaneous person because I'm so anxious I do like the freedom and my mind loves the freedom of being able to do things as and when when I'm in the mood when I feel good but then on the flip side of that I'm very similar with you and how if I was creating content that day, I get very perfectionist. I get very like sucked into the visuals. Like I'm very OCD mind. So I'll be looking on all that is not central or I've posted that and it's blurry or I don't know, like no one's seen it. Like that they were patterns that I kept getting myself in. So similarly to you, I've started, um, batch creating content, putting less pressure on the visual. Also, if I don't have that attachment to the performance of it in terms of, you know, all the vanity metrics online, I can really focus on why I'm posting, who I want it to connect to, focus on the why and the passion, so that all of these visuals and metrics, they don't consume my mindset so much. Otherwise, it looks like comparison, low self-belief, perfectionism. Do you feel like you sometimes get stuck in that perfectionist cycle? I do. I really, really do. I think I'm more on the vanity metric side of stuff. Only if I post, again, if I create content and post it on the day, I will be on social media for hours, like refreshing, looking at my insights, thinking, oh, no one saved it. Why did no one? Like, I really, really care. I really, really do. Where if I batch create it, it's got a purpose and I'm relaxed about it and it doesn't it doesn't affect me on that, that personal level. Like it's all chill and my business is incredible and I'm doing so well. What's been interesting for me as well is that when I started to do batch creating and scheduling, my posts were performing better. And whether that be because I'm getting posts up and not overthinking and avoiding it or, you know, putting it off a day so I can perfect something like all of that crap is gone 
or whether it is just that I'm so tuned into the why and the purpose behind it. That's the driving force and that's what people are seeing and feeling. Yeah, I think it's a blend of both. That's why I always, for clients and for my own content as much as possible, I recommend batching because you are tuned into that why and purpose and your audience feels that and sees that. What are the common content blocks that you come across with your clients and members? I've mentioned perfectionism, self-esteem, comparison. These are all major mindset funks that are not only human, but I think, again, with like the perfectionism and the creative eye, creatives may feel this on a different level. What comes up the most? Comparison is a really big one. Comparing themselves to the people in their industry who are doing, quote-unquote, really well. And then getting a bit of shiny object syndrome and trying to repeat what that person has done. Sometimes it will work and sometimes they will copy someone else and it, it works and it's great. But it's so unsustainable that they'll they'll feel like, oh, when I try and be myself, it will never be good enough and I should just quit. That comes up a lot, comparison and then the shiny object syndrome that pops off from that. And then the busy work. I'm all about... Uh, running before you can walk when it comes to marketing. I think you just got to put something out there and rip the band-aid off, especially in the beginning. But what we can do is get overwhelmed with the rules of content. You have to have pillars. You have to have these hashtags. You have to do this. And this list piles up and piles Oh, you have to post reels. And so you won't do anything because this list of busy work is so tall that you can't, it, it won't be right if you do that. But I'm like, just just do something. So we recently did a, and I'm not, this is kind of not in my MO, but we recently did in October, we did a 30-day posting challenge where you posted something every day. And I don't, I don't care where it was. It could be a thread. It could be a story. It could be a LinkedIn post. It could be a grid post. I don't care, but I just want you to show up somewhere in some capacity and you will feel the impact in your business next, but once it's finished, you will know how you like showing up, but also you would have grown your visibility. Everyone absolutely loved it because they they took so much away from that. Um, So I think I'm giving unsolicited advice, but if you are stuck in busy work or comparison or whatever, challenge yourself to post something every day. doesn't matter where it is. It's just a little visibility challenge. And then by the end of those 30 days, you will have so much knowledge on how you like showing up. And you might even have a few clients by the end of it as well or extra sales in your business too. That's how I got into, I think it was maybe 2022. That's how I got into the routine of doing email marketing more because before that was non-existent for me. I did like the odd one, but it wasn't by any means an aspect of my business and content. I challenged myself to do once a week and I think I did it give or take like 50 something weeks so pretty much a year amazing and you learn a lot about yourself how you work best how you know bad habits creep in I don't know what you feel about this Jess and you may want to add to this but I think there's definitely a factor of similarly how we were on about like being aware and having boundaries and really being intentional with what you share online. Also knowing that there will be like more visible moments, times where you're working behind the scenes more and really having an ebb and flow with your visibility. It might be priorities, you've got loads of projects on and try not to be too 
pardon yourself if one day you are one week month you're not quite doing all of the things all of the time yeah you don't have to do all the things all the time I'm such like a advocate of the power of one do one I will I love like what Coco Chanel said about before you leave the house take off two accessories do that with your business let go like a lot of the time when I work with one-to-one clients I get rid of two of the platforms that they're focusing on because I like I just want to do one because I just want to get it down and then we can add another one to the mix like if you hate TikTok you are fine where you are focus on that one thing and do as much of it as you can everything is always going to be waiting for you when you're ready like I had to take an abrupt 12 weeks off of my business when I was in recovery from surgery everything was here when I got back Mm -hmm. you can stop when we can be more flexible you know really lean into where our energy is that's I know for me that's been really helpful how are you feeling creative well-being wise are you feeling creative I know 2023 is coming to an end it's a real time for reflection and trying to get stuff done you're a busy gal really difficult for me to stay creative I try and just listen to my body and see where If I'm feeling the creative vibes, run with it. I've scheduled in creative time on my calendar now. So every other Monday is all about me making content for me and having fun with it and batching. And I find that creative time for me. If I don't plan in time for myself to have fun with my own business, I just burn out. I really do. And I've been so close to burnout so many times this year. I've been feeling a bit of the frazzle creeping up, thinking if I keep on going in the way I'm going, if I don't revisit, I will end up in that phase of my phase of mine. That's a new phrase. But yeah, for me, I know that I really want to be reflecting on the on the next, you know, going into January, how I can be more creative in my business. I definitely feel this year I've been more creative than the previous. There is still room to reevaluate that. What I do is very screen heavy and I think I need more moments of creativity. Just what does fill up your cup? Is there anything outside of the business that you really need? I definitely need a bit more of it. I used, I'm just getting back into knitting. I'm going to, I like doing it around Christmas because I like to give everyone knitted gifts. Not that they always appreciate them, but I like it. I like giving people knitless gifts. That's fun. I have just actually, so my plan for next year is to bullet journal. Like I want to be the girl that like colours in the square, depending on like how, what the mood was that month and like see it come to fruition by the end of next year. And I think I want to get really, I bought loads of colours and I want to get creative with it. So I'm going to make space to start that next year. I, difficult, it is difficult because I am a chronic illness girly, so I'm a lot of my energy goes into my business and outside of that I'm exhausted I'll be tired and I spend a lot of time in bed and watching movies but I love doing that I'm really I love a space movie I'm a big science fiction girl fills me up quite a lot actually it's not just doing a craft or a creative activity there is cup filling moments in in doing very little what's next for Jasper and all what's on your vision board Definitely more in-person events, for sure, for sure, for sure. And I always want to do them in collaboration. I don't think I'll ever want to do an in-person event by myself, ever, because it's a lot of bloody work, but it's much better for the attendees to be mixing with people who are completely outside of their circles or their bubbles. Yeah, that really, really excites me thinking about that. 
I'm going to put it on the universe. I want to start growing my followers. I know it's like yes. a big, I know it's a big, it's a big vanity metric, but I have never really focused on that myself. I've always just focused on my inner community and getting followers in when they came. Next year, I think for the next two or three years, I'm going to be really focusing on growth of me as Jess Bruno and then separating myself from the content club membership as well. Still going to be the founder of it, but I don't want to be the face of it. I want the membership to have its own thing. It sounds like you're in for a very outward 2024. Would that be right in saying? Yeah. That's very exciting. Where can people find you and connect with you? If you go to Instagram, it's just my name, at jessica.sophia.bruno. Sophia's got a PH. Or you can go to jessicabruno.co.uk and there you'll find everything. I've got a really good newsletter that goes out. It's completely free to join. Um, it's called the Weekly Content Tea. Every week you'll get a content idea for the gram. You'll get some industry expert tips and just loads of juicy trends and stuff like that. Come find me on Instagram. And if you want some content tips in your inbox, join the weekly content tea newsletter. And finally, what does being a creative babe mean to you? Fun. It means having so much fun. To me, getting out of the pencil skirt corporate world, taking myself far away from that and knowing that I can wear my bright colours and sit at home and plan my own business around my creativity and make it make it all happen. And the sky's the limit. I love that for you. Thank you, Jess. Thank you so much.